Okay, Boomer. This is Game Shows, I suppose. and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing i know something about game shows i suppose i'm your host jordan haas we have a weird episode today brandon parnes will be returning to the show to talk about the adrenaline project yeah it's one of those obscure game show episodes but hey it's gonna be a lot of fun and before we get to that we gotta get through the news All right, we got to go really quick with this news segment because this episode is going to have not one, not two, but three full reviews of game shows. We're talking Karma, we're talking Flora's Love, and we're talking Great Debate. Before we get to that, I just want to say that Last One Laughing, LOL, with Rebel Wilson is now out on Amazon. I saw the first couple of episodes. It's kind of funny. They don't do the $10,000 buy-in, which I thought they were going to do, and that's kind of weird, but... They also didn't show out all five episodes. I'm also kind of a little confused as well. I'm guessing they want to stretch it out to see if maybe a weekly format works instead of just putting it all at once for binging. Um, so give it a watch. I'm not really going to do a review of that because I feel like it's more documental than <laughs> this. And I've already kind of uh, seen the show. But it's okay. It's fine. It's I, I would say it's like a B plus right now if we want to go with like a quick letter grade. But um yeah, we have three reviews. Three reviews to get through. We don't want to really stall for time here. Every minute counts in this episode. So, deep breaths. <sighs> did you did I say about last one laughing? I think I did. All right. First, uh, you know, uh, if you love Cannonball, who doesn't love the, the game show Cannonball? It's the, the show that flopped. It's a flop show. Um Cannonball will make a debut June 29th at 10 p.m. on uh, NBC. Yeah, NBC proper, not USA Network. NBC will air a special telecast of Cannonball on Monday, June 29th at 10 p.m. The show will premiere July 9th at 8 p.m. on USA. It's silly water obstacles to win a $10,000 cash prize hosted by The Miz and Roski Diaz. (sighs) It's... I don't know if that's going to work. I, I just think they kind of just have to put that there because American Ninja Warrior isn't airing right now. So that that's that's what you got to do, I guess. Also with NBC News, um, you know that Small Fortune show is finally getting production and Little Rel Howry is going to be hosting the game show. Remember Rel, that Fox show? Yeah, no one ever really remembers it small fortune remember that game show we reviewed it yeah yeah um and we'll have to read this press release nbc has named dynamic comedian actor writer and producer lil rel howry as host of the new game show small fortune howry who will serve as executive producer joins the pint-sized series that will offer contestants the opportunity to amass large sums of 
money on the smallest of scales. I'm really excited to host this very fun and exciting game show, said Hallery. I played the games, and they're not as easy as they look, which is why this show will be so much fun to watch. You will want to try some of these creative games at home. This was a show that basically was supposed to be a spoof of the cube. Uh, Little Rose Energy, wit and comedic timing are sure to make small fortune feel larger than life. Fuck off, said Meredith R., president, alternative and reality group, NBC Entertainment. As he guides contestants through nail-biting challenges, audiences will be at the edge of their seats and laughing all at once. Small Fortune will see teams of three friends compete in the tiniest of challenges for a chance to win big money. In order to win, players must face heart-pounding tasks set in real-world destinations that test their precision and technique. From a shrunken sushi conveyor belt with tiny chopsticks, shrunken sushi, to a mini Ellis Island statue of Libertini, each team must prove their skills on miniature playing fields. Challenges will require considerable dexterity and intense focus because with games this small, there's no room for error as the slightest miscalculation or tremble may result in elimination. To take home the ultimate small fortune, teams must make it to the end, must tackle one last teeny tiny but epic game. If players can control their nerves and avoid the slightest mistake, they will walk away with a big cash prize. Small Fortune is set to go into production later this year. Hallery is the first of a successful HBO comedy show. Yeah. All right. Um, why? Look, I just got an announcement that the Cube is being rebooted on, on ITV, and we're stuck on the fucking Small Fortune bullshit. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I mean, I like Lil Rel. He's a funny actor. I think they just hired him because they're like, we need a funny comedian for this silly show. And I bet Cedric the Entertainer said, no, thank you. It's worth what almost ruined my career. Um, anyway, speaking of shows that are saying no, uh, Fox is no longer going to continue So You Think You Can Dance this year because of COVID-19. Production of the dance reality competition show was shut down earlier this year as a global pandemic started, and Fox has now revealed that the 17th season of the show will not be moving forward due to health and governmental restrictions. As a result, while we are looking forward to its return this summer, we cannot meet the standards we have set for viewers and contestants in light of the show's unique format, intricate production schedule, and limited time. So lately, there has been some optimism on unscripted shows to be able to get back up and running over the summer with many networks eyeing July and August for a production return. However, it seems many have not consumed enough for the dance show. Uh, so I guess they're not doing So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. They're still going to air, like, what, the reruns of Hell's Kitchen and the reruns of MasterChef again? They're just doing reruns of their damn reality shows. And it's not like, like, like they have so many shows in that library. Like, I can't just do, like, a Fox special and, like, the world's craziest police chain. Like, go back to their old school Fox thinking. Like, here's Magic's Biggest Secrets finally revealed. Here's, here's, uh, uh what was that one off spec? Uh, the, uh. I dare you, the ultimate show. They're going to air the remaining episodes of The Chamber from, like, 2004 that they never aired <laughs> at this rate. Uh, anyway, Kevin Hart has a new show coming soon to the E! Network, July 6th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, shows the debut of Celebrity Game Face. E. Greenland Celebrity Game Face Special Executive Producer and hosted by Kevin Hart, premiering Monday, July 6th at 10 p.m. 
Hart and his wife, Eniko, are joined by celebrity couples, Terry and Rebecca King Cruz, Sarah Hyland and Wells Adams, and Joel and Sarah Mich- McHale competing in outrageous at-home challenges. <sighs> Los Angeles, easy global boat. Playing for all things pop culture. Now it's a green light. New special celebrity game phase. Uh, executive produced and hosted by Kevin Hart, premiering Monday, July 6th. This special features Hart and his wife, Eniko, along with, tup- with couples Terry and Rebecca King Cruz, Sarah Hyland and her fiance, Wells Adams, and Joel and Sarah McHale, marking Joel's first appearance back on the network since The Soup. Celebrity Game Face is produced by Critical Content and Heartbeat Productions. The Hearts lead the team through a series of... Oh, this is the format. Okay, finally. The Hearts lead the team through a hilarious game night full of fresh fun, and wildly unexpected moments as the celebrities engage in a range of ridiculous physical challenges that viewers can play along at home. The pairs will show off their teenage dance moves in a tick-tock challenge, feed each other a messy meal with a twist, attempt to interpret what their partners are saying while their mouths are full, and race through their homes to find unexpected items to solve riddles. At the end of the night, the couples are awarded money for the charity of their choice, but only one team will win the coveted Heart of a Champion trophy, which is a gold statue of baby Kevin Hart. Mm. All right. So, hey, celebrities are just like us. More of that. You you, you came to see that, right? You want to see, like, celebrities do, like, the Chubby Bunny Challenge? What, What do you want from them? What else do you want from them? Celebrities are just like us. They watch TV. They do haircutting. What else do you want them to do? Do you want them to floss? They'll floss dance. Please. The floss dance. Anyway, what I try to say is um, we're out of ideas. The, I think that COVID is going to bankrupt the the industry, <laughs> and I don't think like in terms of monetary value. I think in terms of creative value, because some of the shows are shit. <laughs> uh, but no, it seems like a harmless show. It's it's for good cause. It's for charity, so it's not all that bad. But clearly. When COVID returns, this show is not going to return. <laughs> so I, I say, wow, a great uh, way to fill an hour that could have gone to like a Made in Manhattan repeat movie or something. Anyway, let's start today's episode. This is the part where I have to say the theme song to today's episode is These Silhouettes, Glory. Thank you for licensed music for today's episode, The Adrenaline Project. Saturday mornings. It's always a fascinating concept in the world of game shows. I mean, it's no stranger in the world of game shows, especially children's entertainment, but it's lost now. It's not really a thing if today's children when you consider things like Netflix Kids and Hulu and YouTube and Twitch and TikTok and Instagram video and all of these sort of areas where kids can get their own entertainment uh, that really Saturday mornings don't really need to be a thing, especially when you have things like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and ways to entertain kids in cable. But 
even as early as like almost a decade ago, 10 years ago, Saturday morning cartoons were still a thing. And I mean, we could just be listing off every Saturday morning cartoon ever to show up. Garfield and Friends, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, then go into the later realms with Tiny Toon Adventures and Freakazoid, Batman Animated Series, Pokemon, Digimon, One Piece from four kids with that cool rap song, Ya Yo Ya Yo, to the end of its lifetime when four kids would end up owning both the CW and Foxbox, so there was the CW4Kids and 4Kids.TV. So you can get all of your 4Kids animation, and now it's no longer a thing. So it got me wondering here. Game shows, they're also a thing in Saturday mornings besides cartoons. When you think about it, every single time we have brought up a game show that was made for kids, most of the time it was made for Saturday mornings. Fox's Funhouse was a Saturday morning adventure. Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House was a Saturday morning show on CBS. I mean, we even dwelled into Wheel 2000 slightly. I don't think we actually went into Wheel 2000, I think, Matt. Anyway, uh, so when it comes to Saturday morning shows, there's not a lot of modern game shows. And if it was, only other one spangs to mind was, was Endurance. And we've already talked about it, so it's a good idea to get Brighton Parnes back from the endurance episode into this episode as we talk about the adrenaline project the catch is the adrenaline project was not in american format it's a canadian format they imported the episodes here so there's a whole lot to talk about and there's only one way to do it we gotta turn the tables Hi, it's me, Huel Hauser. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Game really Shows I Suppose. It's really how you're starting the episode? I, uh, with me on the line, <laughs> ongoing correspondent Brandon Bartz. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, just, well, what we do before recording, you never know. <clears throat> uh... Brandon Parnes, welcome back to Game Shows, I suppose. The recurring guest. Pleasure to be the, back. Uh, ongoing expert in all obscure game shows. Yes. When, when we were last on, we talked about the launch. We're recording this like a couple days before that episode airs. Yeah. Uh, your first episode was Endurance. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like we're all coming full circle because this is a Canadian <laughs> team reality show that we're talking about yeah, today exactly um and it started airing like a year before endurance would end so they were running concurrently because this was the time when it was uh high sierras yeah so the the so when so i guess we gotta put have... into the time frame of where we are we are in the mid-2000s yeah, later 2000. Like yeah. 2006, 2007, I think. Yes, it ran 2007, 2008, and 2009. Uh, you got to assume, the show like, we're about. Endurance was the end all, like, that was the Discovery Channel show that people kind of watched when it wasn't, they wanted to watch a cartoon show. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was that, or, or Incredible Animals, or whatever it was, that weird show. And then there was, like, a Train Spaces for Kids that ran for a bit. Yeah, Train Spaces for Kids as a Girl was just great. I love when the girls are like, I know this guy loves video games, so we're going to make like a video arcade. 
Yeah. And then like the boys are like, well, we know she likes to uh, dance, so we're gonna just do break dancing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like in season two, they started. They had to like double dare it up, so they added like physical challenges. Well, this is for an extra thousand dollars for the home, and you know every dollar counts. Also, something that the person says they would love to have in their room. <laughs> we have it for you if you win. Uh, it's, and it's always like it was always like something cool because it was like an MP3 player or something, that little speaker yeah. box. That was, that was, that was yeah. always good little prizes. Yeah. Uh, so that was like they made reality shows for kids on NBC. Uh, yeah, ABC Discovery Kids. Yeah. ABC. They were in the uh, the end period of one Saturday morning. A, they became yeah, ABC they, Kids. Kids. Yeah. Fillmore. I love Fillmore. Yeah, we, who doesn't love the host shows. of Nick Arcade? Uh, <laughs> I love Phil Moore too. I love Phil Moore. Phil, if you're out there, you're wonderful. Uh, thanks for doing my show all those times. Uh, no but, problem. Boop. <laughs> but, you gotta uh, do that little pop quiz. Boop. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but the CBS CBS did Nick Jr. shows. Nick Nick on CBS. Yeah, and I remember they when they were Nick on CBS for a while after they were Nick Jr. They would have Dave. They would do uh, Slime Time Live stuff in between shows. Some for for a short stint. I remember they would put Dora and they put Go Diego Go. That's all I remember about Nick on and a SpongeBob. I remember Pelswick. Oh man, they only had like some like what eight episodes of Pelswick. I can't remember. But that was the but I remember that David Pokemon Arquette episode. They made like, the fake Pokemon episode. That was such a great like that is a perfect uh time capsule of the time period. Yeah. Uh, uh WB CW CW for kids. Cuz this yeah, was post CW kids, kids WB CW existed, so we have no CW yep. for kids. And of course on Fox for kids TV. Because Foxbox is now for kids TV, featuring TV. all your favorite shows like Kirby, right back at ya, and Kirby, right back at ya, and Kirby, mm-hmm. right back at ya. Yeah, wasn't Yu Gi Oh on there too? Uh, that was CW for kids. Uh, CW, gotcha. So CW for kids, they had mostly they had Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh. Uh, I think that's where they put a card captors season, but it was mostly like Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-X, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the other Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh babies, Yu-Gi-Oh in space, um, and then Yu-Gi-Oh. and then Four Kids TV was kind of like Sonic X repeats, Kirby right back at ya. Uh, I think at the later run, that was when they decided, you know, it'd be fun is if we tried uh, Ultraman again, uh, if we tried. Uh, you know, I think that was also the time period they also did One Piece again. They tried to see if people are still interested in the four kids revival of One Piece with the rap, Yayo, Yayo. Again, I don't and the most bizarre thing is this show, which I don't think is technically four kids. What? I mean, they just... The show we're about to talk about? Yeah, like, I don't think a tournament project was four kids. Like, like geared four kids? Yeah, like like four kids like produced it or anything. Like, oh, oh, I think they maybe um, put some money into it the first season because they do have a production credit on. They you see the logo in the credits. 
like produced an association with or something in the first season. Yes, because uh, this is not like a cartoon. This is not like they took some shonen jump anime, like like a like a Shaolin Showdown or a, uh, no, uh, Shaman King, and they just dubbed it and then called it a day. This is a authentic YTV production from Canada yeah. that was uh, somewhat success because this aired in prime time on a kid's network. Yeah, and it aired at 7 a.m. on a on a Saturday morning block here in the U.S. because that's what we deserve. Because if it's one thing I know teenagers will want to do, it's uh, get up early to watch television. Yes, on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday morning. If it's one thing I remember in my high school years, it's, man, I can't wait to get up at 6 a.m. To, to watch, watch. Uh, The Adrenaline Project. Adrenaline Project, yes. The, uh, <laughs> we are talking about The Great Adrenaline Project. This is... Which you shit on. <laughs> you shit on almost every show I've talked about. I mean, I usually do that. I usually shit on every show we talk about. And you love game shows, but you're also not afraid to say this one. This one's on you. The, the Adrenaline Project is definitely a sign of its times. It clearly had a it certain today. A, a certain audience. It certainly has a certain audience, but it just but reminds I think it me could of totally like totally work today. Yeah, but I've also seen MTV's The Challenge. So it's like Is this anything like The Challenge? Absolutely. No, like this feels like a bootleg version. Like Boomer might as well be TJ Lavin. Like Has he it, been the like host complete for the like, whole thing. Like even the whole like earn my respect kind of thing. Like is a TJ Lavin. Yeah. yeah. Would I like The Challenge cuz oh, we talked about this one the last time where it seemed too drama-y for me. It is very drama-y. Adrenaline Project is a truncated version of it. Like, basically, there is still like, like they focus more on the games. Yeah, they focus more because they only because they do three challenges in a span of twenty minutes. So it's like they don't really have much time. <laughs> because I remember when the challenge was the real world road rules challenge. Yeah, but you remember like, right? how those season one and two games are like wire stunts and bike races. No, no, I've never seen the challenge. Oh. I'm just saying I remember it being promoted. As the real world road rules challenge. Yeah, that's uh, it's now in like every reality competition show. So it's like the real so world they, road rules, Big Brother, Amazing Race, but, Love Island. So are just, you the one? So do they? So because I, my my guess was when it was called that before, they would take contestants from both of those MTV shows, put them on the challenge, and then see how they do. Now is it just? anybody applies or are they still from do they steal from other mtv shows it's it's uh any reality show at this point because uh if because it's been almost like 10, 15 years all. since road rules was on the air so yeah 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 so they'll still get people from real world but now it's like but we also have this dating show so we're gonna get people from this dating show and we're gonna get people so it's basically the reality show for reality show contestants yeah like the, it, like i'm telling you right now i'm not kidding like if the phone actually came out nowadays i'm sure one or two of the contestants from that show that were just like a but one-off on contestant challenge. would be on this show gotcha uh but we're talking adrenaline project a saturday yes. morning for kids <laughs> it's not really for kids <laughs> But it's uh, it's for teens. It's for teens, and it's Canadian in its most Canadian aspect of what's the best way to explain it uh, <laughs> in a way that doesn't make it sound like yeah. it's the shittiest thing ever. 
Uh, Feeble Abam graphics, like a lot of broken text, a lot of mud face sling, like it's all dirty and gross and... Yeah, a lot of like stencil text. Stencil text. Like typewriter like text. Yeah, typewriter text, stencil text, bricklay text. Yeah. Uh, to make it look all like dirty and cardboardy, and 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 then it's like next to like because it's like the mid two thousands Viola Bam. We need to have like neon green and black and white stencil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where should we start? Should we start with season one? Yeah, season one. What is the format of season one? Even though it kind of becomes season two's format. Well, seasons one for format is there's five kids. Uh, 12 to 15, like Endurance. Uh, actually, no, 12 to 16, or maybe 13 to 16. Somewhere in that range, maybe 14 to 16, you get what I'm saying. Um, I'm just trying to remember the ages in my head. Uh, but five kids in season one, and they are taken to boot camp where they meet Boomer. Boomer. And would you like to talk about Boomer? Boomer is a dork. Boomer is, like, the antithesis of, like, I, I would say, like, attempted, uh, cool, uh, uh X Games stunt actor guy. He's, like, a kid's drill sergeant, basically. He's, like, a kid. He's, like, a caricature of a, of a drill sergeant on a kid's TV show. Yes, but instead of, like, think you know like what if we just like gave him like a like a like a military style look and gave him like battle it's like what if we gave him also something that made him look like that crossed with somebody that doused like five cases of monster energy drink before taping so he keeps yeah. wearing like a, so he wears like a hat and a v-neck shirt and a dog tag not some, a v like 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 a like a not a v-neck but like a like a tank top like a brown like tank, a really tank top black really tight tank top uh and all he does is just like i guess his character is supposed to be like you need to be cool if this is cool you have to win the stun not really cool but like you have to show me what you're made of you need to show you me have what to you like show me what you're made of like you're here You've come this far. You have to give it all you got, and if you don't, you're going home. It and and it's like there's different challenges. Now here's something funny. Uh, the Adrenaline Project was 2007, 2009. And Boomer yeah. Phillips, who plays Boomer, he's an actor by trade, uh, yeah. and he was on How We Do It. He was. Wow. He was one of the comedy actors on How We Do It. Was it? I thought it said on the Wikipedia page he was like a former BMX guy. Yes. Now, now, true? if you've seen Letter Kenny, some some of you people have seen Letter Kenny, uh, the, that that little sitcom. Uh, he plays Boomtown on that show, so oh. everything's well in there for Boomer. Uh, he was in the Goon remake too, and he was apparently. I'm looking at his IMDb profile right now. He was I in The Handmaid's Tale. Ah. So, so at one episode, you might know him, Boomer. Mm. Now imagine him going, "All right, teenagers, let's see how you go, and you got to go blindfolded down this downhill course where there's mud." <laughs> yeah. See, you're just shitting all over this thing, like, and I'm really like, I just started uh, the second half of season two. I'm really enjoying it. And now you're making me read. His name is Boomer. What do you want me to go for? He acts like a fucking baby Boomer on Facebook. 
I I was expecting him to go like, where's your participation trophies? Nuh-uh, you get none. Only the winner gets a trophy. And even then, it's not real. They get bragging rights. Wow. You are ruthless. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll still come back and do uh, it. Okay, so ruthless. let me read off the Marvel Media homepage for, for Darren Allen Project. This yeah, oh, by LA. the way, let's, let's, let's mention that this is produced by uh, Marvel Media who do splat a lot. They do all around champion. They do just like mom and dad. They do a lot of kids and blown away. People love that blown away from last year. Oh, they did that. They did that too. Uh, they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of good game shows. Did you see, uh, there's a short form show that they did right or wrong, which is brain rush. It's, it's brain rush from cartoon network because literally in the credits for right or wrong, it says, Based on a format by Turner Entertainment Group that works. <laughs> Did Scream If You Know the Answer have to sue, or <laughs> was that? I don't uh, know, but uh, it's based on a. It's directly based on Brain Rush. Yes. Okay. So here is what the Marvel Media official uh, pitch series says in the adrenaline project thrill-seeking teens train and complete head-to-head as they are pushed to their limits both physically and mentally for a shot at glory and prizes wait what uh cameras are rigged up in the most outrageous and precarious positions to catch all the grueling action as contestants push themselves through boot camps and challenges to test skill strength speed and endurance they'll need to complete in the each episode's adrenaline-filled mystery event as they wakeboard, zipline, river surf, whitewater kike, or even bungee jump their way to the champion title with teeth clenched and cameras following them every step of the way, we see the fears, the frustrations, and the anticipation of our contestants as they struggle to conquer a challenge unlike anything they've experienced before. TheAdrenalineProject.com is home to a plethora of indie music extreme visuals and exclusive video users can also dig deeper into the action by viewing each contestant's audition which was shot before they appeared in the competition and that uh, that website is no longer active i let me i'm clicking it right now it it, it just links to marblemedia.com yes uh i did but not know man. they got prizes on the show uh well they in season 2 Season two, there is prizes. Uh, the grand prize for the ultimate adrenaline is a trip to Walt Disney World. Wow, because when I think action adventure series, I think Walt Disney World should definitely be the grand prize, which is probably why it wasn't picked up for season two in the U.S. Who knows? Because they did change the format between seasons one and two. Yeah, so Seasons 1 format, uh, Boomer was basically like the host in the first two challenges. He would play like dumb guy drill instructor mixed with adrenaline junkie. Like, you gotta earn every challenge. Every every bruise you make is just a shot at victory, you guys. And, like, all sorts of, like, really hokey tough guy act things. Yeah, loud voice. Loud voice. Uh, don't be a chicken. Go for Like, think really hard. Ho- like, do, like just, dorky just stereotypical everything and it's it's five challenges and i think in each of the first two one person goes away yeah so so the so there's five kids they have to narrow it down to three we should also are you into this because we should also mention the main host in season one is a guy named 
Kaz. Kaz. Uh, Richard Kazow, which is de- like. He's, <laughs> he's a former. Uh, I, uh, what was the channel? Much more music. Yeah, much DJ, more music. DJ. Yeah. Who? And we're. I. I'm not kidding. Was like a live action version of the host from Toledrama Island. Yeah, pretty much. Hey yeah. guys, we have five adrenaline junkies. Only three will visit me in the ultimate risky challenge where bragging rights are on the line. Welcome yeah. to the adrenaline, the adrenaline. project. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. But you had like the it. surfer dude voice. Like it was like a surfer dude, you know, like you and know. he would always fist bump the contestants in a certain way when he when he finally met them, like when when like when they would like each when they were either get eliminated or uh or they won he would be like he would fist bump them in this weird way and he'd be like thanks for playing our game it's like a hot potato it was like a hot potato kind of fist bump like it wasn't like <laughs> yeah knuckle like, to knuckle. it was like almost jellyfish <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a fist bump and then like the jellyfish but it doesn't go all the way back <laughs> it just like goes like half an inch with the art with the with the with the hand extended but now in the first two events i i I think you're gonna disagree with me i think when they get when he he wasn't in season two made the show better and i i was gonna say it actually is a little better (laughs) but like like the tone is way different but i think boomer's hosting was different too yeah, Boomer, Boomer, you like Boomer more in season two. Because season sure. two, like I will say it, like season two, where he was a character Boomer of like, dig, dig you know, you bruise, you know, you're, what's bigger, yeah. the bruise on your skin or your bruised ego? Like, kind of hokey crap in season one. Season two, it was more like, hey, look at you six kids. You're going to go through these events. You're going to have fun, but only two of you are going to make it to my final challenge where only one of you will win. <laughs> Yeah, it's more, I'd say it's closer to J.D. Roth. It's like J.D. Roth it's mixed season. with, you know what, it reminded me of John Cena in, in American Grit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, like it J.D. Felt- Roth mixed with John Cena, a little bit of Jeff's, Jeff's He his voice reminds me a bit of Jeff Sutphin in 101 Ways. Yes, when when because we talked about the challenges in season two. Voice. The season two challenges. Because season one, it's like, you're going to need a lot of dexterity when you're going to try and grab as many flags yeah. as you can. They were and, definitely going, trying to get a little bit of the EI, even though it really wasn't. Yeah, in season one, it's all about character. It's all about heart. It's all about endurance. It's all about uh, men- mental agility. It's all about courage. You know, heroic- like heroicism. And let me like do like Webster's defines <laughs> like courage as so to demonstrate here's a bungee jump challenge where you got to bungee jump and then drop a paint balloon onto a target yeah and in season two it's more endurance style challenges like obstacle courses and whatnot yeah in season two they kind of drop everything of that they don't go like well this challenge is going to test your brain power you got to do a no this one's more like no uh, you got to run through the hoop yeah, it, <laughs> it's climb up this ladder, go down the fire sl- uh, pole, then you gotta go d- across this balance beam, go through it down the zip line, and when you drop into the crash mat, you ring the bell, f- the, the three fastest go on. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the first the first season, the events 
were usually timed. At least Boomer's events were timed. Um, they don't do timed events in the second. Yeah, the season, second. It's just whoever gets there first. It's whoever gets there first, or it's a season t- and in there, or it's a numeric challenge. Like whoever gets the most baskets in this weird basketball challenge, or yeah, or but it's still usually technically like who can get the most baskets first, second. Yeah, third. bobbing for apples, but it's with octopus. Whoa, yeah, endurance. Yeah. Whoa, gross. Yeah, oh, isn't yeah. this extreme? Whoa. Yeah. But at no point will I say these are like fear factor stunts. Like at no point I'll go, no, like, no, what no, is no, fear no. factor? Like they're not no, trying to go gross out with the octopus. There's no Ono snakes and spiders. Uh, uh, there's a there's a tiny bit of that, but it's not in the way that fear factor. It's not like going to the snake pit. You you lose no. her. Like it's it's, it's like, like it's like whoever can find the marble in the in the small fish tank of scorpions gets to move on. Oh boy, and you don't have to do it. Yeah. Well, well, Boomer yells at you about like, I don't know. Uh, be, don't don't be a turkey. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I did have not. Have you seen Have you seen the Adrenaline Project before? Uh, before all this, I have seen two episodes on Four Kids TV when it aired, and I hated it, it back then. No, Rewatching wow. it now, I still sort of hate it, but not in the uh, way where it's like, man, this is like the worst show. Because no, they're a worse show. This is, if anything, kind of a worse show than this. There's a lot of worse shows. This is more charming now that rewatching it than it is like terrible, god awful. Yeah, horrible. well, for me, for me, because I love endurance so much and how much you shit on that. Uh, no, for me, loving endurance. This show was like, oh, this is like endurance. I love this. Yeah, what if endurance, but without like the talismans, the triangles, and the rock yeah, paper yeah. scissors it, challenge? It's it more self-contained. It's it's self-contained <laughs> episodes, but I like JD Roth but, more than Boomer or Kaz. Yeah, yeah, no, JD Roth is the best. Uh, yeah. Speaking of JD Roth, speaking of endurance, we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on, but. Uh, and we'll get back to Adrenaline Project more after this. But uh, Endurance 2.0, Karma, coming to HBO Max. And HBO Max, when we're recording this, is released two days from now. So Yes, uh, June 18th is when the official date of the show is uh, for, Karma. for, for yes. Karma. So by the time and this episode comes out, it may or may not be coinciding with the Karma review. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, I would say you have to have me on for that. But I'm very worried about what you're gonna say about it. So, well, let me just. Uh, <laughs> I just gotta a- ask you a little quick question here. Um, y- you know, uh, JD Roth is, of course, in charge of the show. Yeah, he is creator and executive producer. But so is Scooter Broad, and we just so is Scooter Broad. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk about him last episode. And remember. Yeah, when we were talking about endurance, I said JD Roth's doing this thing with Scooter Braun, Good Story Productions or Entertainment or whatever the hell it's called. And uh, oh, well, I found out about Karma when the poster was released. When I sent you that link about it, um, because it was in talks before, like not in talks, but they already filmed it and everything, and it was announced in casting last year, but. I only first saw about it when I saw the poster and read this deadline article about all the originals coming after launch for HBO Max. And 
I saw, wait a second, this looks a lot like Endurance. I saw this poster. And I was like, the shirts, the logo, the thing they were on. Oh, yeah. Like, this okay. looks a lot like Endurance. And then I looked it up and I was like, man, if JD Roth is involved, and boom, JD it, Roth. Yes. And I was like, yes. Uh, and I saw Scooter Braun and I was like, of course, because I knew JD Roth had a company with Scooter. So. Uh, also, it's uh, getting a season two pickup. So no matter what happens, yeah, season two of that show is is coming, uh, which is good. So I can't really uh, say anything about the show right now, as I, I have people who work to. on the show, and I do not want to be like, well, I know the insides, and I know the. But I don't want, it is. I don't want to um, know anything. I want to be surprised. I uh, all I can I'll ask s- you one thing, and you can just make a sound effect. Yeah. Is there like a temple of fate type thingy? Mm, there's uh, there's something I will say it. There's there something that replaces it. It's there is a final ceremony and the set looks really cool. That's you will that's love that set. You you I know you for a fact. You would love that set. You will be like this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. No, I love set design. I love game show sets. I don't care what people call them. Remember when we were like just fascinated by that final set uh, in Endurance? It's better than that. Because <laughs> the Temple of Fate's pretty fucking badass. It is. It's the fire effects, the the fire pit, all that's cool no, stuff. But just the construction where it's the logo and it's like, it's so cool. And this is going to blow it out of the water. I'm very happy. I will say you will, because any fan of Endurance will not only love this show, it is everything you uh, loved about Endurance times 100. Oh, I will go that awesome. far. It's kind of like, you know, like how people said Figure Out Revival, I love the slime, I want to see celebrities get slime, and they just amped up all the slime on Figure It Out in that revival. This is that for Endurance. So the stuff yeah. that you loved like, about the, Endurance. But is it the same way they did Figure It Out, where everything you loved about Figure it Out originally it- Besides the slime was kind of taken away from it. Yes. Oh, uh, so no, I'm pretty sure I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like you know, the producers listened to the our episode and then took notes and did no, but it's clear that some of the stuff that we brought up has carried over into this production and it's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to Adrenaline Project, which is a lower budget. But I'm uh, of but I'm Carmel. just gonna say. Going back to karma, I I I'm just excited. If you say I'm gonna love it, I'm gonna love it. I hope I do. I know um, I'm like almost I'm, like I'm putting like all the money, like like card sharks, all in. And Joel, he's gonna like it. Yeah. Okay, back to Adrenaline Project. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so <laughs> so after the first two events in in season one with Boomers Boot Camp or whatever the hell they want to call those preliminary yeah, challenges. The third challenge is the unknown challenge, and they get to go into a van to a mystery location, which is just, like, two blocks away in this little field forest thing. And it's just like, oh, wow, you're going to be doing, like, a Wild and Crazy Kids adrenaline challenge. Like, you're going to do kayak balloon pop challenge or... Yeah, like scuba dive or jump off a cliff or... You're doing a cliff dive uh, water balloon pop challenge... Yeah. Whoever gets the closest to that target ring gets 20 points. Whoever gets the most points wins. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Those are usually timed events too. Uh, Capture flags to get to get a And in season 2, 
uh, it was they changed the format to something which I will say is a lot better than this weird oh, yeah, like sure. one off, one off, and then go to the final three in the final challenge. It's with yeah, six contestants, six and contestants. it's two off, and two off, and then the final two head to head in a challenge. Yeah, final two head to head, and also the first season was thirteen episodes. I will say this: uh, all thirteen, all seemingly. All 13 episodes are on Marble Media Kids' YouTube channel, the official YouTube channel, except for one episode, and that's Season 1, Episode 9, because they double-uploaded Episode 8 as Episode 9. Oh, no. So that episode is missing. Hey, Marble Media, get your shit together. I even emailed them from the email address they had on their Instagram account. I Facebook messaged them. I emailed them. I uh, I Instagram messaged them. Nothing. Hey, Marble Media, maybe. And I can't. <laughs> and I can't leave a comment on any of the videos because they're all set to like childproof. They're child locking it. Yeah. What is this? Bleach with a Mr. Yuck sticker? Get your shit together, Marble Media. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So, uh, so, um... But, yo, no, season two, I haven't seen, like... I didn't know there was a prize on season two, because they still do yeah. the whole bragging rights, blah, blah, blah thing. Yeah, they're... Yeah. But they eliminate a... Kaz, so now it's no longer Kaz going, Welcome to the Adrenaline Project! Yeah, Five yeah. extreme kids are going through extreme challenges! Yeah, I know, it's none of that. Uh, but, now it's like um, Boomer kind of like, Welcome to m- I'm Boomer, welcome to my boot camp, where we test yeah. adrenaline junkies to their ultimate Not limit. Not even that. Not even that. But my point is, uh, they're, they do... Um, in. Season two, what was my point? I can't remember. Season two, yeah, you but, watched the first half. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first half. So the season one, 13 episodes, season two, it's double that. It's 26 episodes. And it's kind of two seasons in one. Uh, the first season ran from like September, October to or maybe August, September to November. And uh, they do 10 episodes of kind of standalone episodes, but each winner gets to come back to the semifinals. They do two semifinals, six and six, I believe. No, no. Well, they're 10 episodes. Yes. And then the first five episodes winners come back for the first semifinal and one wild card from those five episodes. Chosen by Boomer. Or producers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then the second five come back for the second semifinal, along with a wild card choice um and then uh and then those two winners from each semifinal, one winner from each um battle it out head in three head-to-head competitions in the final in the final so and i just finished the final uh for the first half this morning Yeah. <laughs> so, so you already saw it through one tournament. Yes, one tournament. One, one whole tournament. Um, and and yeah. like the season and two, it's good season two works well. I would say like that's a much easier format to understand. Yeah, no, seriously, like 
like endurance, this show could like with a few tweaks, obviously, totally work today. It definitely could work today. Um, like on a Netflix or a Prime or even an HBO Max or a, I wouldn't say Disney Plus. Disney Plus is too cookie cutter, but um, I was gonna say Discovery Family Channel. Anything like like with yeah, with but there's so. My problem with Discovery oh, Family Channel is babies. that it's just there's barely anything original on there. Like they just stopped investing in original programming on there. It's just old reruns and whatnot, and other family-oriented Discovery Network shows. Which I will say for Discovery Networks, I have like pretty much all of their networks apps. I've been watching a lot of shows, mainly from Food Network. Uh, and big ups to Discovery. I know there's a bi- they're a big media conglomerate owned by Scripps, who's also a big media conglomerate. But man, if they don't, they make programming that is so easy to watch. I my numbers went up in my TV log very quickly from watching those shows because a lot of those shows are just like half hour, six episodes, and they're done. Um, what I like about being a season two of Adrenaline Project <laughs> is the the challenges are very fast paced. So like once you yeah, get yeah. tired of one challenge, and you know they do commercial breaks because this is Canadian American television, uh, yeah. they go straight to the next challenge, straight to the next challenge, straight to the next one. Yeah, they, pretty much. You lose track of time. And you're bit. like, oh, it's over. That's good. Yeah, they do have a little bit of like in the second season they have the kids at the camp at the at the. In like the camp part, where uh, where because um, the first season takes place pretty much over a day, or at least they they could seem that way. Um, but the second season, one episode takes over is take place over three days, and they stay overnight, more like sleepaway camp. And I mean, like, if so, any, if, so if it was me, like, my challenge would be just do the like the season one, like one approach of everything in a day. Uh, but yeah, with but the all... format of season two, which is just as many challenges as possible. Yeah. Um, but it's still only three challenges. In both seasons, there's only three challenges. It's only three challenges, and if it's a tiebreaker, a quick elimination challenge, which is just kind of yeah, like yeah, a... or like or like they do. Um, there's a there's a there's a handful of episodes in season two where the first challenge, like. There's two approaches for the first challenge. There's either there they're either they the six contestants get split up into two groups of three or three groups of two. And if they're two groups of three, whoever loses, whichever team loses, those three contestants are given that that um that kind of bonus challenge to decide which one of them are going to join the other three who won for the next challenge. And they get little like uh, medals that they win. And plus, like I think, like in season two, yeah, at the, at, at the end, yeah. So medals. At, if they win that episode, they get a medal. They get a medal, which is like, hey, they finally get a trophy. Like season one, I just remember keep hearing bragging rights, and then I see it, and it's yeah, just yeah, like they don't, they don't get anything. They don't get anything. At least, like, Boomer handing out a medal is kind of, like, something. Versus the say, versus uh, the hot potato fist bump. And then, like, I think it's either the winner or the contest. Either it's all the contestants or the winner gets a mountain bike and a backpack. Wow, that's... Wow. In season two. 
Okay, well, I mean a mountain bike. I and mean that's and that's for the preliminary episodes. In the in the um in the semifinal, the contestants or winner goes away with a Nikon Coolpix camera and a kayaking river adventure. See, that makes sense. See, like a kayak adventure. That there you go. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be, like, adventurous kids. Like, oh, I like to go outdoors and go mountain biking. Yeah, they're, like, they're like yeah, extreme sports kind of, like, type of people. Like, Th- this, this sh- is almost like all-round champion, which is the BYU show, except they don't compete in their own sports. They just compete in, like, random challenges. Usually messy, muddy bit. challenges. Like, the idea is supposed to be yeah, a messy. muddy yeah. mess. Yeah. Um. You know, like, like that's the, the the. There's like two formats of this: season one, season two. Season yeah. one, which is the four kids version, which is everything I have seen going before. I hate it's yeah. like the because Boomer and that's yeah. just not likable. The challenges are just kind of yeah. What if we just do like dirt biking down a hill and the fastest wins? Like that yeah. sounds like a challenge. Yeah, the season one's a bit of a mess. Season two is more polished, more. I think more thought through everything makes sense more. It makes more sense. You're and you're given like a little bit more to understand these kids. Like, and also I will say just kind from a video perspective, the way I watched season one was on YouTube and season two. They're the whole thing's on YouTube, except for that one episode from season one, Marvel media, Um, (laughs) Marvel media. Well, Marvel media has, um, has all of season one, except that one episode. But then uh, DHX, who is now Wild Brain, also produced it. And so a few, like, eight episodes are on one of their old channels that are still up on YouTube. But then the next, all the other episodes, it's funny. Virtually, like, nine, eh, 75% of the episodes of season two are just on some random channels. Well, like their own, I I can tell like they're like two channels by the same person. Um, but all the missing episodes from those are on this Wild Brain channel. So it's just, but also the Wild Brain ones are in 1080p and they look gorgeous on my TV, and uh, the ones uploaded just by the person. Uh, 720p still look pretty good. The Marble Media uploads for season one are 480p and they look like shit. And um, so appar- I'm also looking. Apparently, I did not know this till now because I was trying to get some quick research here. Uh, they had a MySpace page. Yeah, they did have a MySpace page. <laughs> that just shows you how date this, this yeah, show dated. Adrenaline uh, Project like, has been nominated like, for Gemini Award. It, especially, you watch it, especially in the H, once you get to HD in season two, and it looks like it was filmed three years ago. It looks great. It No, like, whoever did the lighting, uh, they knew what they were getting themselves into. And the challenges, by the way, they're still, like, today. Like, today's oh, challenge. totally work. Totally work. Like, that's why, like... If karma can come, Adrenaline Project 2.0 can come. YTV reboot this shit. 
YTV, it's your move. Put it on. It'd probably work best on Nickelodeon here. That's what you want to just. Uh... <laughs> or just like pop it on Netflix or. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying Netflix, to like, Hulu, I'm trying to do is like figure out Prime. how do I make this show work. Uh, I think it already works, to be quite honest. Maybe you combine season one and season two, like you've said before, like like the challenges of season two, the format ish of season one. one. But I don't know if I want Boomer back. Like that's the only thing I don't think. I mean, like I'm sure he's like the get stand- a different host. Get a you, different host. Get JD Raw. Get JD. I was gonna say like get someone who's like an X Games, like someone who's like a known Sal Masakela. Yes, get Sal back. Sal so ba- back from Ball Breakers on GSN. Sal Masakela. Oh, he'd be perfect for a show like this. He has the right amount of energy, the right amount of heart and grit, and everything. And he's a good host too, so he'd be perfect. And uh, let's see here. I think what I would do. Or, like, if you want to go, like, a celebrity stunt host, Tony Hawk would totally work. Tony Hawk would do it. Bob Bernquist. Uh, uh, Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman. Dave Mira. Chad Muska. Like, we're going through the entire Tony Hawk Pro Skier 1 library, aren't we? <laughs> Sean White. Sean White would do it. Hey, John Cena would be good, to be quite honest. He's, he's... I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen American Grit, but it seemed like this, like, American Grit seems like Adrenaline Project for adults. adults. Yeah, and, and more military theme. And more military theme, but yeah. Yeah, um, it, that's what it seems it sounds like to me. Now imagine, like, you know that one endurance challenge they had on, on uh, like, they usually, like, do at least one Adrenaline Project endurance challenge. Like, stand on this as long as you can. Yeah, Keep exactly. your hand in this. Do not touch the cold water below you. Yeah. It's just that. Now imagine that as the elimination challenge. Like, yeah. that's American Grit. But this is for teenagers instead. Yeah. Um, and uh, here's what I, I'm trying to think, like, what I would do. I think what I would do, because this is a half-hour show, and most of my head thinks hour-long, but I don't want to make this an hour-long show, because I think... Make it, per- it like a 40, make it like a 38-minute show for Netflix or something. Do you know what I mean? What I'm thinking... If I was going to do something called the Adrenaline Project, that's a teen-based game show. Yeah. I I would try and not replicate Fear Factor, and I would try not to replicate things from the challenge. I would try and make it things that are cool for kids and try my best to almost, if I have this compared to anything, maybe Bullseye, that one Fox show. Yeah. You know, like how it Here's was- a challenge for you. Make it, make it a studio game show. So you want me to make Adrenaline Project a in studio game show? In studio game show. All right. Boomer and all. No, I'm joking. Uh, no. But in, in studio game show, like it's like, because that's a challenge. Because I would think like, Adrenaline it's Project's. Bad, it's a bad comparison, but like, it's the only one I can think of. Like American Ninja Warrior, TKO, that type of in studio, but for teens. And it's like high energy and all that stuff. And do you know what I mean? Yes. 
it would probably be like a weird guts remix kind of thing. Yeah, this show's guts. The show is basically guts without like the the, the aggro crack, which is I think what sports. this show needs. This show needs like an aggro crack finale. Yeah, because you only get that in the final part of the tournament, right? You get that big man, ultimate like, adrenaline. They, if they like guts, should be next, man. Uh, so Gu- if like if they reboot guts, like. Like and not like the way they did with my family got guts. No, 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 no. No, 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 no I, 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 I did that episode. I made my pitch. It's a great pitch. I said, I, love, I, I said I, celebrities I did, um, should show up as special guest correspondents because think yeah. about all the athletes that people aspire to like, like Serena Williams or Gronkowski yeah, like each, or like each, like each episode, like you have. Oh shit! Yeah. Now imagine Maybe this like, is your idea. Maybe this is your idea, but. Okay, you get a Mike O'Malley, you get a Mora Quirk, yes, whoever you want to put yes, in those. Yes, yes, you got those two done. But, but each episode, the three contestants are mentored by a sports athlete. I mean, I, I think that's also what I had in mind, too. But I was thinking, like, cat, like if you had to get people who were there for the day... But yeah, that's exactly where my head was at. Exactly like that. Like kind of like kind of like all around champion where they have the where they have the sports star with the kid and everything. But this is just like you have the the three contestants just like normal guts, but you see them before each uh like Mike or whoever the host would be like, "Okay, we're going to talk to LeBron James about what they need to do in this challenge oh, yeah. me, in this in this challenge and then when he's talking you or right before when he's talking or afterwards you see him talking to the contestants like giving them pointers or whatever for the challenge and it's a different sports star each episode i that like that that's really. exactly what i was aiming for and they yeah. still only get the aggro crack like i still said no they're only gonna get that little trophy no like three part trophy none of just like no no a no. classic just, just a piece of the crag um, all you need is a piece of the that radical crag. rock the aggro crag the medals um yeah. you still do four events did it, ever bother, did it ever bother you that the trophy never looked like the actual aggro crag and um, when they referred to it as our piece of our radical rock, which made me think as a kid, like, oh, they're not talking about the aggregate. They're talking about some rock they have backstage that's green and glowing. Yeah, yes, I, I, I kind of was, but then I thought, like, but it doesn't really matter because it's always the same shape, too. <laughs> have you ever, like... And, yeah, and it's probably the same trophy each time, too. So if I had to, like, do Adrenaline Project, I don't know if I want to do in-studio. Yeah. Um, But if you're that, you want me to make that the challenge right now, um well no 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 we already just did it it's called guts 2.0 yeah guts 2.0 okay so 3.0 so so if i was to do adrenaline project like here is the you should add an audience though they do have an audience in the final challenge in the so what i would do if i was to do the adrenaline project is i would make it uh I would try my best to eliminate as many uh, reality showisms. So confessionals gone, stay in the quarters gone. Uh, here's the host reading off the challenge done. I would make it entirely different in every way to make it stand out, so people don't compare it to the challenge or American Grit. So if it was, so I'd make it more like a you're like a sports event kind of thing. Like here, are teens, this guy's a young surfer. He's gonna do the zipline challenge. So basically, Battle of the Network Stars 2017. But instead of just hokey, 
And like, well, before the break, we did this challenge. Um, none of that. None of that. Yeah. I would make it. Get like, get like a Rich Eisen or someone. We mentioned Rich Eisen before. I would, but like... I would do four events. Four events with five contestants. Yeah. And each one gets eliminated until there's one left? Yeah, until there's one left. So it goes from five to four, four to three, three to two. And the final two go to the big head-to-head gauntlet kind of challenge. It's like the aggro crag in each episode. Yeah. Or the uh, or the final obstacle, obstacle course in season two of Zoo Venture. Yes. So um, following <laughs> the guidelines of Bullseye in the U.S., uh, not, yeah. not the Bill Cullen version. Uh, no, no, no. Kel- Kellen Lutz. The Kellen Lutz version. The Colin three Lutz. challenges Bill are. Colin Lutz. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, looks like you got to do some accuracy there. Uh, that's not. <laughs> oh, um. So my three challenges. This is the adrenaline project. One is always it's always land, sea, and air. So oh. so one challenge has to involve like dirt, which is land. One has to involve the raging waters of, of the lake, like a kayak challenge, which is the sea. And then one's an air, which is your sky challenge, your bungee jump challenge, or your whatever challenge. Type rope challenge, all that stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. so, so that eliminates one from each challenge, leading up to the final two that go into the big gauntlet, which is the ultimate adrenaline challenge. Yeah. Which is kind of like a mix of all three put in one. So you like almost like a triathlon. Yeah, yeah. You got to go down the yeah, dirt yeah, yeah. bike. You got to go on the jet great. ski. Then you got to attach yourself I to think, the helicopter. And I think it'd be fun if it was like an outdoor, like live like live audience type of deal that'd be super cool. oh no that's what i w- was thinking of too is because you want this to be quick so yeah. you want this to be sports based you want this to feel like you are watching almost like battle of the network stars back in the day yeah i know i just meant to join to the version but that version didn't have an audience but you know like if there was doing a downward slope you would see people sliding you see the, them like going down on their bikes you yeah. cut to the parents cheering them on go for it yeah, you have a silent reporter talking to like their parents, or they're talking to their brother or something. Yeah, yeah, and almost kind of make it like Ninja Warrior. Make it like Ninja Warrior, but it's all confined into one episode. Yeah, yeah. The grand prize because it's 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 kids. Uh, you you go with like a weird trip that seems like a little adrenaline junkie kind of thing. Like uh, you're going to uh, Cedar Point. Maybe there's like a mini. Maybe you do the thing where. Uh... Where it's like season two, where it's like thirteen episodes, first ten. Yeah, because it'll be five. Because it'll be five contestants, right? Because it's five contestants so, each episode. Each, in my version, each episode has its own mini grand prize, like a like yes. a Cedar Point, and then the grand grand prize for the winner at the end is like your trip to like I don't know New Zealand. Or oh, something I was going to go for like go. a new. No, I was going to like New Zealand is the small line prize because that's going to be cheaper. And then like a like a twenty five thousand dollar price. Like you gotta go somewhat big, but not too big, like twenty five yeah. grand. Twenty five uh, grand and a trip to Disney World. Yes, we're going to Walt Disney World. <laughs> uh no, like, like, Oh, it's like so that. funny, you gotta find this um in in season two, like on the DHX uh videos. You like uh like right before the final segment, right before act four, there's like the little kind of bit where boomers like at Disney World, and it says, uh, "This year's ultimate adrenaline gets to gets to celebrate here at the Walt Disney Resort in Orlando, Florida." <laughs> <laughs> and you see him go on all the rides. What is this podcast? Our the winner- ride? What the hell just happened here? <laughs> uh, uh, 
Our winner gets to spend six adrenaline packed pack days through four theme parks and two water parks. Yeah. Isn't that right, Jason Sheridan? <laughs> yeah. I just am here for the churros. Yeah, no, seriously, look it up. I might have to send that to you. <laughs> Was he still in his, like, full-on outfit with, like, the brown shirt? Said, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's <laughs> in the tank top. He's in the tank top with the hat and everything. With the clipboard. Because, like, otherwise, it would just be guts. Like, just, like, here's a bike challenge, and it's, like, here's fake plastic, like, things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never studio. thought about it like that. Yeah, this is guts. This is just, like, a different angle on guts. This is guts, but outside. Um, yeah, outside, and less focused on sports and more focused on the skills you need to have to do the sports. Uh, and I, because that way you can do multiple different challenges. And I would make yeah. sure if I had, a, I would have a challenge team in mind. So when I have the three, a land challenge, air challenge, uh, and, and and a sea challenge, there's one of five. It's one of five predetermined random things. So one kayak challenge, one uh, jet ski challenge, one like a bungee jump challenge, a zipline challenge. Uh, a weird helicopter challenge, like something interesting that would be like, yeah. oh, I never really thought. Yeah. Well, I think that covered everything. Yes. Uh, so stay tuned. Kirby, right back at you. We'll be back right after this. Yeah. After this. yeah. Uh, Brandon, before we go, you know what we do next. We got to do the final question. Final question. Let's do it. Uh, final question. Uh, it's a real simple one. This is the easy. What was your favorite challenge of of the Adrenaline Project? You know, that's. Ooh, I'm trying to remember. All the the final, the final challenge, like the ultimate Adrenalizer challenge in the final episode of the the sec in the first half of the second season might be my favorite. Just because I just watched it, and that's the only one I can't remember. Okay, because it's uh. Cause that sounds about right. Um, for me, I I was I the one episode I saw of season two was two oh seven, the X Sports episode. That was a good episode, yeah. And they were in these giant balls, kind of like uh, atmosphere. Oh, yeah, hamster balls, hamster balls, yeah. And the whole idea was basically like a like a sumo wrestling challenge. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool yeah. and clever. And you know, like that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Everyone's always kind of thought of that as a challenge to do. And I thought, you know what? Yeah. That's my favorite challenge because that's kind of one of a kind kind of thing. Yeah, no, that was a good one. Um, that I would probably put that as my favorite, even though I'm pretty sure I'm going to forget and it's going to be like, oh, there was like a trivia challenge in this one season, or no, oh, there no, was there this wasn't. cool. There wasn't. There was a cool zipline challenge or something. But uh, if anything, this kind of makes me clamor for like endurance. If anything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for Karma coming June 18th on HBO Max. Brandon, anything you would like to promote before we head on out of here? I have a new YouTube series, actually. Um, I'm on a tiny, tiny hiatus right now. Um, I'm about to get to work on it sometime this week, the next episode. But it is called Passport to Television. And in each episode, uh, I talk about a... I don't want to say review because I really don't review it. I talk about it. I guide you through a show, a different show that I have watched that is freely available. Not freely available, but available for streaming. Some free, some you pay for. Um, not individually pay for, but you pay for the service to watch the show. Um, 
And yeah, it's all about streaming, not streaming shows, but shows that are streaming. Um, and I've done, I've done a bunch of game shows and reality shows and a sitcom or two. And uh, yeah, I, I've talked about both versions of uh, 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show, UK and US. I've talked about Shop Class. I've talked about, uh, I think that might be all for the game shows. But oh. yeah, so it's a good time. You check it out. Brandon, thanks again for stopping by. Thank you, Jordan. Until next time. Thanks again to Brandon for stopping by. Normally, this is the part where I finish up and recap and say, oh, this was what the fun of Adrenaline Project is. But, I mean, it, it's all the episodes are up on YouTube. Marble Media has them, except for that one episode, Erg. But, uh, no, right after this episode, Karma came out. It's now available, and there's going to be a review of the show after the Pricing Games Spotlight. Um, not really a whole lot for me to, to recap here. I don't really uh, have any loose ends as far as I'm concerned for the show. I do recommend checking out a couple episodes, though. And now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Flip-flop. Premiere date, February 25th, 2000. In the year 2000. Remember that? That's a current reference. Anyway, finale date, Bob Barker, June 1st, 2007, 4015K. Premiere date with Drew Carey, November 29th, 2007. Flip-flop is a game where a contestant has to make one of three choices. They have face a wrong four-digit price on white on red with the inverted numbers red on white. The player can flip the first two numbers, flop the last two numbers, or flip and flop all four numbers. Making the right decision wins the price of that prize. Uh, wins the prize of that prize, sorry. Uh, so it's an ABC game. So, for instance, if it was like $5,475, uh, it could be $5,745. Or actually, it would be easier if I just say 1234, like 1234. It could be 2134. It could be 1243, or it could be 2143. So A, B, or C. Uh, it's not an A, B game. It's an A, B, C game uh, with the prompt being you can flip, flop, or flip, flop. Uh, and in the history of the game, there have been several flops altogether. Um, although they flopped and guessed the price of the clock correctly, Bob pressed the button reveal the price. Price reel got stuck and allowed Bob and Rebecca to tear the top piece. Uh, once the contestant guesses the price, it is the host's responsibility to press the button to reveal the price. The first time the contestant actually did this was on March 5th, 2003. Elizabeth stopped guessing the price for a trip to Spain. After a guess was revealed the price herself, Bob said, who needs me? Most outrageous moment was April 4th when uh, Bratton played for a vigil piano. Brad tried to figure out how to operate the game, but he pressed the button revealing the correct price too early before making a guess, thus making the game moot to the shock of the in-studio audience. Rich Fields, the models and production staff, Bob, who was already disillusioned, uh, with Brendan for being the slowest moving man he ever met, stormed on stage, claiming that he was going home in return, saying he would stay on stage with his troublemaker. Uh, Leslie revealed the prize. Uh, some people just hit the button. All right. Uh, in the summer beach party themed episode on August 11, 2015, Flip Flop was renamed Flip Flops. 
Uh, on April 25th, 2011, to avoid occurrences from repeating, the button was moved to the left out of the way so Drew would always reveal the price himself, but would often let the contestant reveal the price for themselves. Uh, here's some trivia. The first number of any price can be any number but a zero. The number of times this game was played in any season was 35. Pricing game was the first to introduce in the 2000s. Flip-flop was never played for a car, and flip-flop was one of five new pricing games with the season of number, 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 number. I don't care about that, but I love flip-flop. Flip-flop is a great AB game. Played on the little turn uh, table. Everyone knows where that is. Uh, and the fact it's just like it's just really cool, like just uh, punch the board and and flip the numbers. It's really cool. Plus the fact it's played for like trips and ski, like it's it's very simplistic. And you know what? I think that's the best part is because you can flip the number, gauge the audience, flop the number, gauge the audience, flip and flop, engage the audience, and that could help you out with the audience. And that's what I love about flip flop is just the audience engagement when it comes to the show. Very quick, very tidy. You know what? A welcome addition to the show in the first of the year 2000s. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be going on a triple play. We finished the episode with Brandon Parnes. I wish I can get his thoughts on the show, but apparently Brandon is enjoying it. He apparently got to interview J.D. Roth recently, too. Now I think about it. That's kind of fun. Karma is a new show on HBO Max, and it's basically a revived version of Endurance, that uh, teen game show from the 2010s. Unlike that show, it kind of felt like they watched the Endurance episode, took some cues from it, modernized it and made it a very cool game show so instead of it's it's teams played in pairs so so just like in endurance you go as a solo but you the game is a team game and you need a partner it's always a boy girl team and it's all endurance competitions whoever wins the endurance competition gets to pick any two players to go to the elimination round. Now, here's where karma plays a huge role. Uh, that each of the other teams, instead of voting them out, gets a karma coin as well. So karma can be in your favor, and you can give your little team coin to another team to give them an advantage going into the elimination round. Instead of a rock, paper, scissors, shoot kind of challenge, it's now a find the duck under the rock challenge or find, find, so find the ball under the cup, but instead of a ball, it's a coin. And it's a very fascinating cerebral kind of format that I kind of enjoy more. So the format is now for the elimination round because endurance competitions, I can just, it's every endurance competition you can think of. Staying on the log the longest, hang on as long as you can. Your partner has to keep pulling something. Will you pull the on the other thing? Things like that. Um, so in this, in every, instead of the endurance like format of like, this is what is the powers of endurance. It's all the things that represent karma. So, trust and and uh and and perseverance and growth so it's similar to endurance in that regard everyone gets a little team necklace and a color and when they eliminate themselves from the game they give their necklace to another team this plays a role in the final round which i didn't really care much for but more on that later 
back to this elimination game because I love it so much. Uh, there's 10 jars, basically, or 10 little, like, vases. Uh, and there's stumps with each of the vases, 10 little podiums. And all you got to do is put your opponent's coins into any of the 10. So it's one per jar. And all they have to do is find them. That's it. The goal is to reach all of them. So if it was, say, one team had three coins and the other team had five coins, the first to three wins. Meaning the first, the one who had the three coins has a very bad advantage, while the one who has five, because they won more karma coins because I guess they were liked more by the teams, have a slightly upper hand. Because they still have to find three and they have five coins. Odds are more in their favor. That makes the show very fascinating because in some regards, you could have a, a way upper hand. So like everyone's rooting for one person over the other team. So you might see a 7-1 advantage and whoever has that one can only find that one coin, a one in 10 chance. Well, the other team, maybe they have seven coins, which gives them a 70% chance of winning on their first try. That's what makes the show very fascinating. It's odds, it's luck, but it's also in regards to the name Karma plays a certain role. You don't want to be the aggressive team, but you also don't want to be like if you were in the position of power to have a target on your back. So much like Big Brother and other competition shows, when you have the power, yes, there's going to be a head against you in the next challenge, but how graceful can you be in that challenge? The stakes are very high, and the biggest positive I can give is the host, Michelle Kari. Uh, I thought it was Karma because it's like, oh, that makes sense. Wacky name to have for her show. She is just a like real adrenaline junkie, and it's like really like I think they found the perfect host because she's both like a and you can see her being an outdoorsy person, being a crazy person that would do some of these stunts, kind of like a teen a new tj lavin but instead of tj lavin on the challenge where it's all about you know respect and the the duh she's more of like the 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 combination of tj lavin and jd roth and endurance because jd roth is still the executive producer and, and showrunner of the show because it when she's hosting she's not really just going like well good job blue team you won you're gonna get the elimination coins you're wonderful she's kind of trying to explain why it's significant in a way that I don't even think Jeff Probst does on Survivor, where it's when someone team wins, it's, wow, the other episode, you both were yelling at each other, you both were ready to just quit the show, but now you won the show and you're hugging it out. It feels like there's a connection between you two right now in this game, in this challenge. And karma, it's sometimes good, sometimes bad, but that's how the game is played. And then in the second episode, when they realize the reality of a teen, of because this is teens, these are still like teenagers playing the show. These are like nine, like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And they're like yelling at each other. There, there's, there's not even really much backstabbing. There is attempts at backstabbing, but in karma, if you backstab, it's kind of obvious and... It's karma. What goes around comes around. So usually whenever there's a backstab, odds are the next episode, the target's on their back to get eliminated. That's kind of where the show rests. And when everyone was yelling at each other, Michelle kind of took the step out of the host position and kind of went like, 
in, in a motivational speaker realm that made it kind of fascinating. It was this episode two where everyone was yelling at each other, like, I don't know what to do. It's like, this is not fair. And she's like, I had enough of this. Look, I understand the stakes are high. This is a game, and you just want to treat it like a game. And there's $50,000 on the line. Oh, yeah, by the prize is $50,000, not some trip, which I love. It's a cash prize. It's not like, you know, here's a trip that your parents have to pay taxes for. Now it's cash <laughs> that your parents have to pay taxes for. Um, where she gives this motivational speech where it's like, yeah, the stakes are high. Yes, there's cash. Yes, it's a game, and you're treating it like a game. But this should be more than that. How do you want to be remembered? And that is should should be what springs to mind because this should be kind of like a reflection kind of thing. I think she's trying to put the focus on the on the kids. Like, yes, this is a game show. Yes, this is really just you're on a wire and you're trying to stay as long as you can on the log. But it's instead of that, she's trying to be like, but this is about how far you can go. This is about heart. This is like like American Grit. Like this is about heart. This is about how hardworking you are. This is about friendships. This is about because whatever you do in this game, will odds are be what you'll be doing in the real world. So hang and it's like wow, this actually makes the stakes even higher because it kind of now shows like the kids are kind of now like adult and they're trying to bring in the real world into this uh, outdoorsy game show which i adore and that's why i kind of enjoy karma in in those regards it's the casting was fantastic the challenges are great picturesque scenery during these challenges it's a modern take on endurance with a better end game well i love that a better cash prize instead of a trip which i also enjoy the only thing i did not like is the final round the the final endurance challenge was because everyone gets a necklace and you can give your necklaces to somebody else that gives them an advantage in the final puzzle because there's a locket and that has the words and if you solve the puzzle you win the cash prize it's what goes around comes around because it's karma that's pretty much the definition of karma <sighs> anyway I wish they kind of had something else, like each of the little crests kind of have like a different power or it had some sort of like advantage in one of seven challenges and it's the best of four or best of five. Because something like that would have made much more sense than just a simple word puzzle. Like if you just did like a head-to-head challenge and it's like, well, this team gets a five, like five feet advantage over this one, or this one gets one less sandbag than the other, or you have to put 10 sandbags into the bucket uh, because you have the, uh, the, the power uh, crest, uh, you got three bonus ones right now, so you give big upper hand to this challenge. Something like that I think would have been more exciting to see. Because these, because to me, it kind of felt like when you have these little crystals, kind of reminds me of a Digimon for some reason. You know, like the 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 crest uh, of friendship and the crest, and each of the people had the one to represent themselves. And I wish there was a way that's like each of the teams had shown some part of that. And when they give it, it's like, oh, well, now you see how when they transferred it, they also showed that. I wish that was part of the editing team, but. It's a season one game show, and it's still a very, very good teen game show. I do recommend, if you were a fan of Endurance, you watch this immediately because you will love this show. This is Endurance. If you've never seen Endurance, 
watch Karma. It's a really good challenge show. If you're a fan of MTV's The Challenge, watch Karma on, on HBO Max. You will actually enjoy it as much as you love MTV's The Challenge. It is one of those great summer shows that kind of just randomly showed up, and you're like, wow, this is very cool. So in many ways, Karma is one of those sleeper hits that I think teens will probably enjoy. Uh, and I think it took what worked on Endurance and amped it up. Uh, the Cave of Karma elimination game is so cool. That set is amazing. I love it in so many different levels. And um, I'm glad it's now out. Uh, perfect episode to do it on with the Adrenaline Project. Uh, so I do recommend... Uh, the the karma show the only thing i dislike was the uh the end game that's the only thing like that was kind of like a non-consequential final round when it's a head-to-head it should feel like a big head-to-head challenge instead of just this one little game i wish it was multiple games other than that it's still an enjoyable show so um i i give it a b plus uh michelle really sells the show I'm Baron Vaughn. This is The Great Debate. There's nothing better than arguing. Don't try to tell me otherwise unless you want to fight, huh? That's why my computerized companion, DB8, and I brought together a collection of uber geeks to debate the most disputed dilemmas in this or any galaxy. Who do we have on tonight? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. Tonight, we're joined by host of Adam Savage's Tested, Adam Savage. From American Gods, Orlando Jones. From Archer, Amber Nash. And my MST3K The Return Buddy, Jonah Ray. People of Earth and elsewhere, this is Sci-Fi Wire's The Great Debate. You know when the nerds say who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman? Well, this is the show for you. Sci-Fi, the network that's now all about nerd culture because G4 has hit the shitter has decided to try their luck at a comedy panel game show in the form of The Great Debate. Baron Vaughn plays Master Debater, because I don't know if that's really what he wants to be called, but Baron Vaughn's the host. A uh, wonderful person on, on Twitter and Facebook, and this is basically, let's get four nerdy comedians to do the nerdy jokes, because nerdy nerd, nerd bullshit. I like nerdy nerd bullshit. I like comic books and movies and video games and and anime and and stuff. But, like, I I don't know. Maybe it's because I've kind of outgrown it or because nerd culture has become the mainstream when you look at, like, how Marvel Cinematic movies make, like, shitloads of money and Star Wars make shitloads of money. It's like, this is just, like, a mainstream kind of show. Uh, So... The first episode dealt with the 80s. I'm guessing each episode deals with a particular theme, like comic books and retro and video games. It almost feels like it's zero effort, no not like full nonsense show that was done on the cheap because sci-fi needed something. And look, I, I could just trash the whole show and be like, this show sucks and I hate it, but... To me, like, it's just kind of just existent. It's not really a game show. Like, there is apparently, uh, so, 
The format is there's four celebrities, and in the first round, each of them presents one thing that fits a certain theme. Baron and the robot, who's like the snarky sidekicks, I guess that's the new gimmick, is you have to have the snarky female sidekick robot, I have to decide who wins. And they get XP. XP is kind of like, like like in the Overwatch. In fact, a lot of the graphic package is just straight up Overwatch. Uh, so the it's it's point system, but you never really know the scores because it doesn't really matter. It's a panel game show. So in round one, all four of them go to the table, present an object, and defend the object, and they all snarky snark snark because snarky snark snark gaming nerds. We love the snarky snark snark. Oh, Star Wars Jar Jar Binks is bad. Oopsie wootsie wop pa You know it's a boop doo Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty. whoop doo Uh, it's just kind of annoying. Then it's really funny. It just feels like, boy, I love being a hyper-capitalist. Boy, do I love quoting Harry Potter. If you love ha- quoting Harry Potter on Twitter, this is the game show for you. Uh, it's just so... Um, so in the first round, they all bring an object, and they all have to defend the object, and it's always like, what's the most overrated thing from the 90s, or what's the most overrated movie or comic book, or blah, 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 blah. And the winner gets points. Round two, they split the team. They split them up into two 1v1 matches. And it's improvised bits. And one, they had character. They had to do funny characters. And, like, one had to pretend they were, like, a sportscaster for Airbud. And then the other one was Jonah Ray trying to be, like, an animal rights activist and duck hunt. And it's funny because he says all the hilarious jokes like duck, duck matters. And, you know, like that Mario should get consent before writing Yoshi. Topical, funny stuff in the world of today's comedy. Anyway, winners of each 1v1 battle because it's only two. Get more points. Whoever has the most points after these two exciting, thrilling rounds goes on to the final debate, and it's 1v1 there, and whoever wins that is the great debater, the master of the debater, and they win the show, like on At Midnight with the Christopher Hardwick. That's it. That's the show. Very underwhelming. I mean, like, it, it, it feel, it, to me, it's like I grew up with Attack of the Show, so a lot of this nerd bullshit I've already been used to. I mean, we're children of the internet nerd bullshit culture thing. That it's like hard to try and take yourself out and try to analyze the format. Other than this is the show where you can have Kevin Smith go, Oh yeah, Batman could beat Superman. Because that's that's all you can do with the show. And like it's like a comedy show. But it's a game show. At the same time, it's little effort that it makes me wonder why didn't they just fucking record like 40 fucking episodes of this shit? I'm not saying the show is good. I, I think the show sucks, but like it's not for me, if that makes sense. It, 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 it fits Sci Fi Channel, it fits their brand. It's perfect if they want to steer to the We're the Nerd Culture channel. If you want your Super Who lock from the Tumblr era, go watch the show. 
But other than that, I don't know what's the reason to watch sci-fi's great debate. I mean, like, the comedians are saying the hackiest jokes out there. Um, This is all, like, the same probably shit jokes they said in the 90s on on message boards, in the 2000s on message boards, and 2010s in message boards, that it's, like, nothing really new here. At the same time, the technology and the improv games, as much as I hate, like, think they're stupid and they're not really funny, they do offer something different than just simply just a roundtable discussion show that may as well just be a podcast. And I think this is a podcast, if I'm not mistaken. So, on one hand, it's okay. At the other hand, I don't really care. This is... This feels like yet another nerd culture bullshit thing. This feels like something that would be on Nerdist. This feels like something that would be on Geek and Sundry. Like this, this feels like something Felicia Day would have appeared on once and be like, "Hey, folks, let me tell you, the X Men, woo, the X Men. I don't know about you, but I miss Battlestar Galactica. It's just, it's just, it's just bad." It's a bad show, um, only because it's not really a game show. It's not really a panel show. It's just kind of just nerd culture, repetitive, please continue going to comic book shops and going to Disneyland to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and buy the shit, buy the shit, buy the shit. It, 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 if anything... This shouldn't be the review. It should, it's more like a sparking point of, do we just no longer have an imagination? And and to me, I think that's the takeaway from this show. I don't think we have much creative ideas anymore. Not in Hollywood, and certainly not online. And the whole debate thing already kind of is like four different internet game show things. Like Death Battles one that I can think off the top of my head, so... I mean, this is just a higher budget version of that. It's a good version of that bullshit format, but it's bullshit format I don't really care much for. So my final letter grade is a solid D. It's a D show. I don't think it should get canceled. I just think that this should be an offspring of like a brand new version of Attack of the Show. Like rip off Attack of the Show sci-fi, make it a daily show get Baron Vaughn to host this new bullshit version of Attack of the Show, get your Jonah Ray or whatever, and have fun with it. Like, Because like, to me, this just feels like I'm back in 2007 and Kevin Pereira is like fondling Olivia Munn's breasts on TV going, oh, gamers, are we right, guys? Boogly, boogly. Because it just feels that kind of garbage. <laughs> And it's not in a fun way. And I know they're not trying to go for that. But that's the uh, perception I have with the show. Uh, So I don't recommend watching it. But if you love nerd bullshit, I guess go give it a watch. I don't recommend it. It's a D. Solid D. D is a Deadpool. Chimichangas. Funko Pop. Funko Pop. Funko Pop. Welcome to your new favorite game show. In this episode, three teams are gonna try and cross this study. It's a great place to open a book and learn a few things. Today's lesson, don't fall. Why? Because the floor is lava. 
Floor is Lava is based off the children's game taken to an expansive new level. On Netflix's Floor is Lava, it features teams against teams, or teams against teams against teams, trying to take on these crazy levels for a chance at $10,000. Floor is Lava is played with the game show minimum of $10,000, and it's hosted by Rutledge Wood. Rutledge Wood of NBC Sports, racing enthusiast, engineering guy. Personally, I think he's a great host in this. I think he's actually an enjoyable person because Rutledge, for me, if you don't know, is a uh, usually does racing analytics for NBC Sports. You usually see him for Kentucky Derby wearing outrageous outfits. You see him talk about cars. Uh, he has a podcast about racing. He was the host of Top Gear in America. And uh, he basically, he is, his personality is basically like the kid who loved cars growing up as a kid and is now a big child who still loves cars, but now real-sized cars. Uh, so that whole big child kind of image works for something like Flores Lava, where you're taking a children's game show, you know, you play it as a little kid and you're making it a big, massive thing. So Rutledge being a host for this actually makes sense. Um, I think this is a show that not a lot of people will kind of enjoy in the same regards as, say, Wipeout, because you can kind of compare the two, because it's people falling into water. But in this case, it's lava, which looks like goop. It looks like a Capri Sun. It looks like Hawaiian Punch mixed with soda. Uh, and, and like corn syrup, like it's very thick red and orange goop. And I think the casting produ producer said, if you fall in the lava, like you're actually like clearly like it's like a, a three foot clearance, like your head is up and we're like, can you please like sink into it and go like, no, like over dramatize it. Cause that'd be great for the cameras. Cause for every episode, when someone falls in the lava, no, with the contestants. And they're trying to play it like that's dramatic and, and and like, oh, they really died. They fell in the lava. Oh, no. But I think a lot of people forget that this show is supposed to be stupid in that regard. Like, it's supposed to be a stupid, fun show. Because um, the idea is supposed to be now there's two formats and that's where you're kind of like, ugh. So uh, it's it's team versus team or team versus team versus team it's two teams or three teams against each other personally i kind of like the two teams method more than the three teams because it feels like a 22 minute cohesive game show and you can clearly see where there would have been stop points for a commercial break uh the three team format is a little exhausting because you've already seen the level be played two times before so you see the third team play it kind of just ruins it however I think the reason they did three teams instead of two teams is not because of exhaustion, because if you see these two team episodes, which is the later half, because they break it down, each episode's one level, and it's called level one or level two. Level ones are the three people episodes, level two are typically the two team episodes. And when it's a two team episode, it's almost like idiot test. Like, we got a team of this versus a team of that. Um, and they're playing for $10,000. Um, but, like, 
in the same regards as Ultimate Tag, it's a children's game show played for a game show minimum of ten grand. So it's not like I fully can get like all angry at the show because the levels are kind of clever, to be honest. Like the the one is the study, so you have couches and chairs, like the classic living room that you played with. But they're they're trying to do one that's like, well, then here's the like study and there's like a mausoleum and there's like mummies hanging all over the place and you can knock down a bolt like this and then there's a planetarium if you push a button a rocket shoots up and then you can use that as a ramp and there's a lot of clever aspects because the format is simple get from point a to point b without hitting the lava that's it everything else is fair game that works as a game show floor is lava works as a game show i think it does work now i think the game show fandom will probably hate the show i haven't really seen much reviews other than this is repetitive this is stupid rutledge is i like rutledge in this i think rutledge is a good casting or like they they steered away from the typical wipeout holy moly get the get the uh smart ass comedian to go with the uh, the the sports broadcaster, they steered away with that. They made it now like here's the big kid. You assume this is like Rutledge's house, and you're playing in Rutledge's place. And when they try to make the show snarky, stupid, like don't, it's at the end of the show where it's like their trophy is basically a lava lamp. Get it? Because floor is lava, lava lamp trophy. <laughs> uh, yeah. They didn't really celebrate much with the show in that regard. A lot of the ending is bad because you kind of hear like uh, a lot of the uh, the confessional, which I still hate in game shows. I hate when game shows use confessional. It's still the crutch in the world of editing, and they still do that here. But luckily, on Flora's Lava, they keep it to a minimum where... It's not really the post-production, oh, well, I should have went that way, and nope, I fell in the lava. <laughs> no, it's Rutledge doing the post-commentary, and he's trying to make it seem dramatic than it already is. Like, he's going to take the long approach. He's going to need a lot of upper body strength to go across the monkey bars on the canoe if he wants to make it down. But the time is expiring, and the staircase is going down. Five minutes have already elapsed, making his leap a little bit longer than it necessarily should. And it's like, okay, well, that that's kind of like, that's, that's smart. That's actually like a smart commentary. It's not like... They're going to just straight up do all the puns based on someone's occupation, like Wipeout. But then Rutledge Wood does all the puns based on someone's occupation. So you see chefs fall in the lava. Mamma Mia! What a spicy meatball! They fell in the lava! It's just that kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, so it has the same like appearance as, say, like I would say Splat-A-Lot. But it's an indoor Wipeout because it's played on a stage. And the level design is very smart. That I actually enjoy this the level the the level design, and that they try to play it up like an escape room in some regard. Because in some of these levels, there's like a key, and if you pull the key and you put it this one platform and you twist the key, the platform extends out, which makes you have an easier way to leap across into the uh, the exit. Because the leap to the exit is the most crucial part of the game, and it's like, well, that's kind of clever. That it's like, I wish there was kind of like more of that in the game than simply just late from one place to another. 
uh, and a lot of the dopey floor is lava explode the lava in people's faces kind of thing because it's just kind of just to me it, it felt like it wants to be serious it wants to be stupid but it wants to be intelligent and taken seriously in that regard and I don't know if it was like just a miscommunication error but th- that's the only part of Floor's Lava that didn't really work out. I like Rutledge. I like the level designs. But then when they doubled down and they used the same level twice, and it's like one's a team of three, one's a team of two, I went, oh, they didn't really know what they wanted this format to be. Oh. Because one presentation, the level one presentation, is different than the level two presentation. Because level two's presentation is more like Sports Center. Level one's is more like uh, Nailed It with Impact Font and Lava Effect Font. So that kind of also is kind of like mi- mix match. It's like, I don't know which show I'm watching now. I thought this was Flora's Lava. Now it's like a sports show. I to. So uh, the format, because I guess people need to know. Each team is made up of three people. When the game begins, they get to go anywhere across the floor. If they hit the floor itself, the lava goop, they are eliminated from the show. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily over for the team because the remaining players can continue to get from point A to point B without hitting the lava. Anything except the lava is fair game. If you can walk on walls like you're in the Matrix, go right ahead. If you want to do backflips, go right ahead break your ass they don't care um for each person that gets from point a to point b is one point one like in hole in the wall uh in the event of a tie such as two two or three three or one one it goes to whoever made it the fastest much like one hundred thousand dollar pyramid so it's not only a game of speed it's a game of a convenience so what you will see is sometimes one team would fall one have one person fall in the lava and it'd be a team of two but then like two then it becomes two people have already made it across but they went a little slow but there's still one person left in the game so now if that one person can get from point a to point b even though they took the longest they technically win the show which i think works as a format point as well I wish the levels were more randomized. I wish there was more, uh, like, when they brought back the study or they bring back the kitchen, there was one or two new cruxes to it, like maybe a refrigerator or maybe, like, this and that, instead of just playing the same level twice. And I wish they would kind of figure out if they wanted to be two-player or three, well, two-team or three-team, because that kind of also didn't make sense. The graphic package was all over the place as well. That also, I didn't really understand it as well. Uh, The graphic package felt like I was watching a Tim and Eric skit, because it's just, here's the trio standing behind a green screen, uh, pretending they're on a floor is lava. So I wish it was it either had to play up the stupid a bit more or it needed to figure out what its image is. Because I think that's the biggest issue of Flora's Lava. It has an image problem. I think Rutledge is actually a good host. I think the levels are good and the format is fine. I Like, t- go from point A to point B, don't hit the lava. Perfect. Each episode is a different location. Great idea. Rutledge talking about different ways to get across. Great idea as well. It really is just everything around it and the production aspect that 
is complete garbage <laughs> of a show that it almost takes you out of the format because you detach yourself. You're no longer invested in, can this one random lady jump from one couch to another couch? It now becomes, well, why is that lady jump from one couch to another couch when the other person was able to jump from one couch to another couch and had no problem? And now we're cutting to a confessional. Why are we cutting to a confessional? There's nothing funny going on right now. There's no mistake going on. What's going that's the issue with Flora's Lava. A lot of mixed production. Um, but, I, I mean, I recommend watching one or two episodes. It's harmless. It's actually not that bad of a show. The issue just lies with those second levels and that pilot presentation feeling. Um, but it's not bad. I recommend it. I give it a solid C+. It's better than TKO Total Knockout, at least to me. And that means we are out of time, and we really are out of time. We did so many reviews this week. I have lost my breath. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, check me out at Twitter at Jordhod, J-O-R-D-H-A. If you want to like this podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash gameshowspodcast. Uh, feel free to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. We're on wherever you can get your podcasts, and tell your friends about the show. Let me know what you think, and let me know what game shows you want me to talk about. I'll see you next week when I'll be talking about another good game show. I suppose, until then, big smooch. Mwah!